live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Bottom of the hour, our friend John Camp, who's a Carver Hawkeye last night. We will get back into Iowa, North Carolina. Very entertaining basketball game. But to the Windy City we go. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors our weekly conversation with our friend David Kaplan, ESPN 1000, NBC Sports Chicago. Cap Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on, Capper. How are you? I am hanging in there. How are you fine gentlemen doing? We're well, Cap, and a lot of stuff is broken since uh, within the last week, so for some it's going to be old news, uh, admittedly, but we want to pick your brain on just what happened with the Cubs and then not only on the field but in the radio or at the television booth as well. Um, but let's start with Kyle Schwarber. Cap, you saw this coming. Um, is it over as far as Schwarber and the Cubs? Is there a pathway perhaps uh that he comes back obviously would have to swallow his pride as far as money i would assume uh but is the schwarber cubs marriage over i would be surprised if he's here i would look he's a really good kid he is a great teammate he's got big power he's an average major league player at least so far in his career for the Chicago Cubs. So once you ripped off the Band-Aid and went, we're non-tendering him, you're going to try and sign him cheaper, and I think there are other teams out there where he can go, all right, fresh start, and I'm going to make more money there. So I, it's not like he's going to look at the Cubs and go, hey, just give me a one-year deal for $2 because we're going to win the World Series again. I just don't see that. So I'll be surprised if he's back in a Cubs uniform. So when you look at free agency, not knowing what the money situation is really across baseball, a lot of names out there, a lot of big uh, moves that can be had. What's your anticipation for the Cubs, what they're going to be doing, and how active they're going to be in this market? I don't think they're going to be very active until they move money. Now, if you want to call that being active, Mm -hmm. they could be wildly active if somebody calls and says, all right, I'll give you – a decent player for Chris Bryant, and I'll take the $20 million that he's going to be owed since he was tendered a contract. He's not getting a pay cut. Despite a bad year, he was injured. He made 18-6 prorated for the 60 games. I don't see a team out there lining up to go, I'll give you two really good pitching prospects, like Major League ready, not Class A, Major League ready. Oh, and by the way, we'll take the $20 million. I just don't see that out there. Now, I'm not saying that Chris Bryant's just a guy. He's better than that if he's healthy. He was an all-star in 2019, and we can't forget that. I just think until Jed moves money, not easy in a pandemic, You know, other than the Mets, every other team suffered losses. The Mets didn't because they have an owner who didn't own the team last season. So I'll be very surprised if 
The Cubs are adding on big pieces until a bunch of money is moved. Hmm. Uh, just real quick on this, Cap, the minor league news is uh, is breaking. I saw you retweeted it. Uh, Iowa, the downtown Des Moines, will remain the AAA affiliate of the Chicago Cubs. Tennessee stays in place for AA. South Bend still remains. So I don't think there's any changes, as far as my eyeball can tell, uh, with the Cubs and their minor league affiliates. Good for, the, good for Des Moines, good for Central Iowa, uh, that that has indeed been extended. So, Cap, back to Chris Bryant just for a second. Is he the opening day starter? for the Cubs this year at third base? I am going to say no. Wow. I am going to say that in the end, they've moved Schwarber's money. Al Mora made very small money. What did he make? A million or $2 million? Yeah. Again, to us, that's big money. I don't, right. I'm not minimizing right. it. In the big league scale, that's nothing. That's tip money to a $3.5 billion franchise. I still think... You know, they saved fifteen million on John Lester because it was twenty-five minus a ten million dollar buyout. I gotta think Chris is the next shoe to drop because even if you trade Wilson Contreras, which I think is absolutely in play because he'll bring mm. you back the most, Wilson didn't make that much money either. So no, no one's signing up to take Jason Hayward's money. So tell me where else you're going to save. Yeah. I don't see a big salary out there. They're not trading Rizzo's. 16 and a half. I don't think they're trading Javi Baez unless it's a blockbuster. So we get back to, okay, Ian Happ makes no money. Uh, Kyle Hendricks is signed to a team-friendly deal. Do you trade you Darvish? And if you do trade you Darvish's $20 million, okay, let's just pick the Yankees. They need pitching. All right, Yankees, I'll give you you Darvish. I'm telling them you got to take Chris Bryant's money with you. Gino Urshela is injured or had surgery recently, so take Chris's money. Well, that means I'm not getting prospects back. You're taking 50 or $40 million in money from me. I just don't see people lining up to take Chris Bryant. So I think Jed is going to have to sacrifice what he gets back just to move the money. TV booth, an important one, and... Uh... Though I'm not a Cubs fan, I always enjoyed the call with Len Casper and DeShays. Thought they did a really good job mm-hmm. together. Going back with Brenly before DeShays. Just a professional. He makes his way over, though, to the White Sox booth. So what are you hearing? Who's going to get that job? And speaking of money, how much money are the Cubs willing to pay for their TV announcer? Pretty big part of the brand for the Marquee Network. Um, I don't know what the Cubs are willing to pay to get a TV announcer. I could tell you that that job in the past, and I don't know what Len Casper made, so this is not what Len made, but when Bob Brenly was here, he was making $800,000. What? And I think that, yes. Yes. That surprises That's me. What that, yes. When Steve Stoll was here, he was in that 7-8 range. That's what it pays to wow. do 162 games and be at spring training, yeah. and live your life on the road. Like, there's a, again, it's an awesome payroll. You also are choosing a lifestyle where you're not around for your kid. Mm-hmm. You don't go, oh, my kid's got a Little League game. I'm not <laughs> going to be there tonight. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Oh, my, you know, my best friend's daughter's getting married. Well, sorry, <laughs> we got a game. So there are sacrifices, which most, I get it, would make to make that kind of money. Now, if you want to go get a minor league announcer and he's thrilled to have the chance to get there, you can get him a lot cheaper. 
You want Bob Brenly, who's doing network. You want Steve Stone, who's the best who ever did it. You want to go steal Dan Schulman mm. or John Shomby. You're going to pay yeah. to mm. get those names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for 800000 I can see why they swallow hard and wood it on a coat and tie. Chris Myers was a name that was mentioned uh, early in the process. Haven't heard much since. Have you heard anything on that front at all? A guy that certainly is not my cup of tea. Yeah, mine neither. Yeah, I don't know Chris Myers at all. I've never interviewed him. I've never met him. I saw the Keith Oberman tweet where he said he's the worst human being he's ever dealt with. I thought that told me all I need to know about the character of Keith Oberman. (laughs) And, again, I've never met that guy. I don't know him. But to go on the Twitter machine to a million followers just so everyone knows you think he's a horrible person tells me all I need Mm -hmm. to know about Keith Oberman, period. I don't go on... If I hate somebody, I don't go on Twitter to make sure everyone knows I can't stand that person. Why? So I don't know Chris Myers at all. He's obviously had a successful career. I would hope as a Cubs fan that it's somebody who understands Cubs baseball, understands, hey, man, in this town in Chicago, it's a very provincial town. We don't want a network call. We don't want right. down the middle, I'll tell you about the Dodgers, I'll tell you about the Cubs, and there's a home run. I want Harry Carey in the booth. That's what I want. That when I sit down and I'm mad that my team just booted a ball, Harry's as mad as I am. <laughs> uh, David Kaplan is our guest in Cherry and Stone of Iowa. Cap, I want to get to the White Sox. We will get to the Bears in a second. Just uh a yes or no is fine on this. John Lester wants to be the fifth starter. He wants a one-year contract. He just wants to play baseball, and he loves playing on the north side. Any room for him on this roster at a te- with a team-friendly deal for him? Uh, is there any room for him? Yes, I think there is, because I don't think John's about the last dollar. He's made his money. Right. He's not going to get a monster deal anymore. So I do think there's a chance that he and Jed can have a meeting of the mind to go, all right, I'll give you, I'm just pulling out of thin air. I know you made $25 million last year. You just got your $10 million buyout. How about I give you a two-year deal at 10, five a year? Yep. We'll build some incentives in. If you have a great year, you can make a bunch more money. Like, I could see that happening. I could. I think Jed, before he does that, doesn't want to tie his hands with the limited amount of flexibility he's got right now until he either trades Wilson Contreras, as I said, or moves Chris Bryant's money, whatever the case may be, that's where I think we're at on John Lester. Talking with David Kaplan in Chicago, presented by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Another on the White Sox, a couple of moves already. Adam Eaton reunited Mm -hmm. back on the south side. And also Lance Lynn, a guy that certainly has had an up-and-down career, but it has been up certainly recently with the Rangers. Yeah, I liked. I think I told you guys over the summer when we were talking at the trade deadline mm-hmm. that if I'm the White Sox, I need one more pitcher. I don't trust that Dane Dunning or Dylan Cease, as of this past August, are the ticket to help me punch my way to the World Series. Love Giolito, love Keuchel. I would go get a third guy, and I thought Lance Lynn, I remember us talking about it, made a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And they kicked the tires, and the price was more than Dane Dunning. It was like Dunning and Seat. Because when you have very limited time at the deadline, teams will overpay because they're desperate. 
the offseason, you can take your time and go, no, I'm giving you that. If you don't want that, I'll go get Sonny Gray or I'll call 15 different teams who might at this point be willing to make a move. So that's where I think it's at. I think the Lance Lynn deal, he makes $8 million, which is nothing for a quality starter in Major League Baseball. I think getting Lance Lynn was a masterstroke. Yeah, it's going to be fine. I, I wish, uh, Cap, um, the LaRusa thing needs some, I, maybe closure is not the right word. They wouldn't address it. There was a media availability. They were asked the question, the White Sox brass, they, they ducked it. They wanted nothing to do with answering that question. Um, is, will we get, to, I mean, obviously at some point we're going to fight, get some clarity. When, Cap? Uh, I don't think he's going to speak until his case is adjudicated. What I was told was, look, he's going to talk to the media, and I'm hoping we get him on our morning show. We are their flagship. Would make sense. But until – what is he supposed to say if we go, Tony, let's talk about you know, the second DUI? He can't come out and comment until the case is over. It's not like he's going to go, I made a terrible mistake. Yes, he may believe that, but until a judge rules, whatever it is is going to be, I don't think you're going to see him address it. Let's get to the Bears and uh, another week, another loss. This one, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm watching the game, and I'm not surprised by it. I'm not shocked. I'm not angry about it, even as a Bears fan, because this is just what I'm growing accustomed to. Take us through uh, the final few minutes for you, Cappy, as you're watching another meltdown, this time against the Lions. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw my... Your recap, I did. Recap yeah. after the game. I was furious. Yeah. And look, now I want them to lose out. And that's really hard for me to say because I'm a Bears fan. I was a season ticket holder. And I want them to always win. But now I want the best draft pick. I want change. I want the whole thing. And I think I speak for most of Bears Nation. When I'm watching the last drive prior to the one where they didn't get the first down when Mitch fumbled, okay, let me just take you through this. You're at your own seven-yard line, second down and seven. You run the ball once. And now on second down, Mitch is in the pocket looking to throw. He ends up tucking and running it for another three yards. That was a designed pass play. Why? Force the Lions to use a timeout. Nope, we're smarter than that. (laughs) Now let's go to third and four. So we've got at right tackle, a guy who was playing guard by necessity injury to Bobby Massey. He's now at tackle. Oh, let me let you know that he was the tackle for the Seahawks last year. And Pete Carroll said, great kid. We just have to get better at that position. Hello, I'm Chicago. Let me put you at right tackle for us. And we'll let you block an edge speed rusher one-on-one. Of course he gets beat. Our quarterback, who had someone open, doesn't process information well standing in the pocket. So how about rolling him out, getting him on the move? He can either run, throw the ball to somebody, slide down, and let the clock run and force them to use a timeout. No, we're too smart for that. We're going to get aggressive and throw, and guess what? Your edge rusher gets beat. Your quarterback doesn't see the open guy because he sees pressure coming. Oh, and he doesn't protect the football because he's ready to throw it. And he fumbles. Two plays later, Adrian Peterson celebrating in the end zone. Then you go the other way, and a guy who's asking for $20 million a year, Short of the Alan st- Robinson, doesn't know where the freaking first down is. Yeah. 
I mean, it's just a comedy of errors. That was the cap as bad as the fumble was. They got down the field. The, the Allen Robinson uh, going out of bounds before he picked up the first time. I mean, that yeah, Jesus, that's an all timer cap. Uh, at least they got Komet going right. I mean, it took them till December, but they finally realized maybe we should involve this kid. Um, but uh, too little, too late. Cap, great stuff today. Uh, as always, we appreciate you coming on. Appreciate the fact you do this for us uh, here in Des Moines. We'll do it next Wednesday with you, Cap. Thank you, pal. I look forward to it. I always love talking to you guys. Thanks, Capper. Talk to you next week. Be good. Yep, you too. David Kaplan uh, from Chicago as we cover the Cubs, White Sox, and the Bears. Did you see his recap? After I the- didn't know. Yeah, he was a little bit hot under the collar. <laughs> He's a fan. I am too. I, yeah. it just It's all about the draft pick now, Trent. It's all about <laughs> the draft pick. They're going to screw it up. Well, who's going to pull the trigger, though? doesn't matter. This organization is terrible. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Um, you want Lance from North Dakota State? No. Wilson from BYU? No. You don't like him? No. Oh, I do. I like him. I think he's the next quarterback of the Denver Broncos. You can have him. Yeah, the last one didn't work out so well, did it? The last few. Well, Peyton Manning was good. He well, fell into their laps. But, yeah, the ones that they've drafted. Yeah, Brock Osweiler before that. It was a waste of a second-round pick. No, after that. Right. Paxton Lynch. So, Lynch, uh, Greasy. I'm trying to go from Pat Postel way. Greasy. No, you know what? Brian Greasy wasn't was a fine. terrible player. He was right? fine. Uh, Jake Plummer. Not awful. He was okay. Who am I? Trevor Simeon. I would take any of those guys over what I've watched the last 30 years of Bears yeah, quarterbacks. Well, Cutler. Yeah. Cutler. I saw Cutler. No, Cutler, come on. You're being hard on Jay Cutler. Didn't show up. No, NFC Championship true. game. Couldn't yeah. answer the bell. Uh, we will take a timeout. Uh, Iowa showed up last night. So did North Carolina in the second half in particular. That was a hell of a basketball game. A Tuesday night, one of the better nights of sports we've had in a while. And for a Tuesday with a little NFL sprinkled in, a lot of good hoops. Uh, mentioned earlier, I thought I was impressed by Kansas because I think the Creighton, Creighton's a pretty good team. They are, yeah. They have a lot of pieces back. Uh-huh. Creighton's going to be a factor, too. Yes, they are. Are they going to get to the Sweet 16 for the first time ever? I could see both of those teams yeah. getting out of the first week. Couldn't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, if it breaks right, obviously. Yeah. Going to come down to matchups yeah. and the like. But yeah. I, uh, speaking of that, yesterday I popped on. Lenardi had an update to his bracket over at ESPN.com. Oh, yeah. Clicked on that, and he had the 68-team bracket. A 32-team bracket. Oh, did he? And a 16-team bracket. Wow. Let's hope we don't get there. No. Let's get 68 teams, please. No. Um, that's interesting. Well, you know what? They're going to play the tournament. There will be Whether a tournament. May Madness or March Madness. Yes. We don't know. Will it be 68 or 60? They will have some type of tournament. They have to. Financially, oh. they have yeah. to. Yeah, Armageddon if they don't. Uh, John Bowen Camp next. It's 1125 Miller and Condiner here until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. We are Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 AM and now 106.3 FM. This is their families. Welcome back. 11.30 on a uh, Wednesday morning. 
Uh, Trent and I have committed to the uh, Iowa Food Bank of Iowa that we are going to do live reads between, well, every day we're on the air between now and until the need goes away. Uh, so Michelle Book and the Food Bank have sent some live reads uh, to Trent and I. We will read a couple of them uh, during every show. This will be the first. Uh, food security is not new to Iowa. Before COVID, one in 10 Iowans and one in six Iowa children uh, did not always know where they're uh, they would find their next meal. Food insecurity is double today, triple for households with children. To get help, or if you can help, visit iowafoodbank.org. Uh, let's get our friend John Bowenkamp in here. John writes for iowacollegehoops.com, AP. I saw he teased a lengthy piece on Luca Garza, a mm. long-form piece. Uh, but that's a time. That, 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 oh, okay. I didn't know where it's going to When's it going yeah. to hit? Uh, I think today is the deadline. I sent it on Saturday. So I think today's the print deadline, so it should be out this week. So Good stuff. John, before we get into what we witnessed last night, it was certainly a fun basketball to watch. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of disappointed people um, in small town around uh, around the country, quite honestly, but it affects us yeah. here in the eastern part of the state. Clinton and Burlington both lose their minor league affiliates. Uh, summers won't be the same in Clinton or Burlington, right? No, it really won't. I mean, I grew up watching games, you know, in Burlington with the Bees. Uh, you know, saw Paul Molitor play, Larry Walker. You know, I'm getting ready to write about that this afternoon. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, I, you know, and then I covered the team for two years back in the 90s, uh, you know, and then covered in my last two years there at the Hawkeye. And, uh, yeah, it's a sad day. I mean, it's, it's, a, I mean, they'll, they're vowing to get something in there, whether it's the College Wood Bat League. You know whether they play in the Prospect League, which is kind of an Illinois Indiana league, or if they play in the Northwood League, which is a team in Waterloo. I don't know what they're going to do there yet, but um, yeah, this is a sad day. I mean, it's I mean, baseball in this town has meant so much over the years to a lot of people, and and uh, to see it all taken away and it didn't have to be taken away, I think is it's really disappointing. It's disappointing for me on a personal level and professional. So, you know, John, it's uh, interesting when we look at those communities that are having minor league baseball taken away here in the capital city were okay with the the AAA team the cubs mm-hmm. and everything looked good there but just how decimating that is for a burlington clinton the places like that that are going to have this taken away and if there is some other league that comes in how big of an impact do you think that's going to be are they going to be able to at least stay afloat these organizations and the ballparks and the people that work there is that enough to keep them afloat yeah, I mean, I, I think it is, and, and I mean, it, it, you have to do things the right way. I mean, I think you have to put you have to put a good product on the player you, on the field. You have to entertain people, um, you know. And I mean, I think that that takes works. But I mean, I went to you know, I went to a, a game in Waterloo a couple of years ago, a Northwood League game, and I mean, there were there were more than a thousand people there, and you know, I mean, people were having fun. It was baseball, and it's you know these pros, these 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 college wood bet leagues play in the summertime which is obviously the best weather. I mean, there were nights in April and early May, you know, in the Midwest League where you might get, you know, 20 people out there because <laughs> it was so cold that they still play, you know. And so, I mean, I mean, I, it can be done, but, you know, is it going to be the same? You know, I, I, I don't know. And, you know, I mean, I think there was a lure to, you know, when Peoria came to town, Cardinals fans would come because that's, you know, the Cardinals prospect. If South Bend would be on the schedule to come here, that's, you know, Cubs prospect. 
you know, twins prospects and Cedar Rapids, you've had pads there. So yeah, I mean, I think, I think you're, we're going to miss a lot of that, I think. And I, I think that's what's going to be the most disappointing thing because, I mean, a lot of, there are a lot of connections in Major League Baseball that have come through Burlington. I mean, Max Muncy wins a World Series this year, played in Burlington. You know, a lot of that 2015 World Series team played in Burlington. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, there was, there was a big connection to Major League Baseball that came through here. And I think that's what, that's what I think is the sad part about all this. Yeah, very well said. Uh, John Bowenkamp is is our guest. John, I read your game story last night at iowacollegehoops.com. Thought you uh, chronicled it. I'm not surprised. Very well. Thank you. Uh, it was a hell of a game last night, John. It really was. Uh, I got to think that Garza, when he put his head on his pillow last night, he went right to sleep and then didn't move oh, because yeah. they just went. It was one big after another. Uh, they were going to try and take him out of his game. Uh, the good thing for the Hawks, when they did, they just said the ball was going outside and the shots were falling. Garza statistically still 16 and 14, which is crazy to say a down night for him. But I was yeah. impressed by that effort last night as maybe as I was any of the other ones so far this year. Yeah, I mean he, you know, I mean he took a beating last night and I mean you could see that in him especially at the end of the first half and you could kind of see it. He had that little run there early in the second half, but he had to work for every one of those points. And, you know, I mean, but, but, but again, what, where this team was built was, you know, if he, if, if everybody's going to double down on him on, that's going to leave somebody open. And last night you had all three of those guards who were all very good shooters and, and just unbelievable players all were hitting shots. I mean, you hit 17 threes and they all come from three guys. That's, that's a pretty good group. And, you know, one of the things last year in the big 10 was, you know, a lot of teams were doing that to guards that, you know, Wieskamp played the whole Big Ten schedule, but you had C.J. Frederick, who was hurt a lot of the time, you know, quite a few games. And you had Bohannon, who wasn't there at all. Well, now all of a sudden, you've got those pieces in there, and they're healthy. And that makes this a really hard team to defend because you kind of have to pick how you're going to do things, to how you're going to defend them. And I'm not sure what the best choice is right now. Nine deep last night is what they went. A lot of times in the past, Fran would go 11, 12 deep and. You know, you can make arguments. Perkins, Ulysses, those guys maybe deserve some minutes, but a nine-man rotation, do you think that is what this team is going to be going forward and, and Fran is going to keep this rotation tight for the rest of the year? Probably. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, some of those other guys are going to get some opportunities. I, I, you know, I mean, because, I mean, you know, this is going to be one of those seasons where, you know, anything's possible. And, you know, one of the things when I talked to Fran in the summertime, we talked about the guards, and he said, you know, the – you know, with these freshmen that they're going to, you know, if they can be patient this year and learn and do things, their time is coming. They're really good players. They, you know, but right now that, you know, there's a lot of scene, you know, there's a lot of experience on this team, you know, especially in the backcourt. And so in a way it was almost kind of the same. You got to wait a year for your turn. You know, you're going to get that opportunity next year. But if you look down that roster, you know, look down the nine they played last night, everybody did something you know, and I mean that's again that's another good sign that this team is deep when you can get that many contributions from a team against a very good North Carolina team. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And you know, the the kid who played the fewest minutes, Keegan Murray, the when he was on the floor, he took advantage of those minutes. He was very productive. John, I wasn't sure to what what to expect, uh, but I've been impressed. In particular, last night, Keegan Murray really got my attention in his minutes. Yeah, he's been good. You know, I mean, he was good in, in those first three games. And, I mean, you know, when when you looked at the roster at the beginning of the year, you, you kind of thought, okay, if this is a normal year, you know, both Murrays would probably, that you'd think both of them are going to redshirt, you know. 
and because there just isn't a room for him in the front court. But Keegan has come in to practice, and you know, and Fran talked about this and how much he he really impressed him early on. So I mean, you know, this is a kid that has, that he's won his minutes, he's earned his minutes in practice. And yeah, but I mean, he had a big three point play there late, you know, midway through the second half when they made that run that put the game away, and and just was was just did. You know, yeah, he didn't play a lot, but when he was in there, he was really good. And again, as you move forward now here in the next couple of years, these are pieces that you can look at and say these guys are going to play key roles here in the next few years. Garza's going to get his. You're going to get shooting on the outside from Frederick and Bohan in most games. You're feeling good about that. To me, if this team's going to be great, it comes down to Joe Wieskamp. And yeah. a guy that can mm-hmm. get people... With the dribble, he can get to the rim, he can finish, he's athletic, he can defend a lot of different positions. Kind of has it all. Wieskamp, the improvement after a disappointing sophomore year you've seen from him to this point. I, I like how he's playing, and I mean, you know, other than that first game, you know, when he got into foul trouble, and, and then by the time, you know, where you could get him back in the game, they really didn't need him. You know, other than that game, he's played well this year, and I think he learned a lot last year. I mean, he got... You know, I mean, when, like I said, when, when you got into a situation where, you know, where Fred, where CJ Frederick was hurt, you didn't have Bohannon, that really limited those outside scoring options. And he got grabbed a lot last year. He it was very physical and he didn't handle it well. And I think he's handling that better this year. Plus, he's got a lot of help now. So it's hard for teams to defend him like they did last year just because you've got two other guys out on the perimeter and you've got some other guys out there that can make shots, whether it's Jack Nungy stepping out. You know, Joe Toussaint, you know, has, has hit a couple of threes and, and played well again last night in, in a, in a limited role. But again, you know, I mean, you've got a lot, there's a lot of scoring options right now that maybe you didn't have at this point last year. Uh, John, or, you know, Bo- late in the season. John Bowenkamp, Iowa College Hoops.com. One more on basketball, just real quick sure. uh, to the surprise of no one. Uh, Ohio State is going to, uh, the Big Ten is changing the rules. The six game minimum yeah. is out the door. They will play Northwestern for a, uh, for a championship in Indianapolis. Uh, football in his second job, but just one more on basketball. I saw the mm-hmm. box score. There was 573 people at Carver Hawkeye. <laughs> so my question is to you, you have to have a, I mean, you can hear everything right was there much trash well, talking last night no but you could hear the coaches okay uh, last night a little bit more than than maybe you did the first couple of games but one of the things that was really cool last night was a lot of the members of the women's basketball team were there you know i mean they had practiced and and i mean since they're being tested yeah. every day they can come in and watch and garza had that one three-point play late in the or midway in the second half there when when he kind of got on and and when he made that, the biggest eruption came from that that group of players over there. And so I hope the I hope the men return the favor tonight for the game against Iowa State. I hope they come in and and sit and watch because I thought that was really cool. That made it feel like a college game. It wasn't just parents. You know, you had a bunch of you know fellow students there just for that. You know, so I thought that was kind of neat last night. Speaking of that, I know you've been watching the women's team a lot. Mm-hmm. Ranked Iowa State team comes in off their loss to number one South Carolina last weekend. What do you anticipate we'll see on the women's game tonight? I think it's going to be fun. I think I, you know, I think this is this this Iowa team is a lot better than than what I think some people think. And you know, Lisa Bluter said at the beginning of the year, I think this could be a good team, but I don't know when it's going to happen. I think it's happening right now. I mean, I think I think they've got a lot of pieces, but they're going to have to play really well tonight. I mean, this is a this is a better Iowa State team than, than kind of what they've seen here in the last couple of years. I mean, they've owned this series here in the last four years. Um, so, you know, let's see what happens tonight. But I mean, this is a big test for Iowa. I think it because it, it kind of gives you an idea on where they're going to be in Big Ten play because 
this is this team, this Iowa State team's equivalent to some of the good teams you're going to be seeing in the Big Ten. Uh, John, let's go to football. Uh, the sure. curtain will come. Well, I shouldn't say that. We, there may be another game at Kinnick, right? We won't know. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say the curtain's going to fall on Saturday. It may. Uh, Wisconsin, Iowa. Look, I was um, under the impression after I saw Mertz for the first time early in the season that this kid is going to be a really be a pain in the ass before his career is done. And that may be well be the case. But he's kind of... You know, with with them playing as few games as they've been able to play, with the practices they've been forced to miss, uh, this Wisconsin game is a very, very winnable game. In fact, I'll be surprised if Iowa doesn't win the game. What do you know about Wisconsin? Well, I will say the same thing about Wisconsin that I've said about Iowa this year. I think that's a program that you need to be in a rhythm. You need to be, you need, you know, and and that's the thing. Iowa has been in a rhythm all year. They haven't had a game postponed. They haven't had practices postponed. They got a lot of their COVID stuff out of the way in August and September, and and they've they've done everything right, and and that's why I think they're winning. They're in a rhythm. Wisconsin lost that rhythm, you know, when 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 they lost a couple of those games and 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 had some things go on, and and, and I think it, it's going to take them, you know, it can kind of take a team a while to get back to that, and I think they're a program like that. So yeah, I'm like you. I think this is a very winnable game for Iowa, and I would be shocked if they didn't win, just because of the way they've been playing lately. I mean, this this team has played really good football here over the last five weeks, and and have gotten better every week in that process. So I, I I'm like you. I think this is a game that they should win on on Saturday, and it would be a really good win for them. MVP votes. Don't hear them a whole lot in certainly college football. You got the Heisman Trophy, but for this team, who's the MVP oh. for Iowa football this year? Ooh, that's a good that question. Is a good, I mean, fifty-four. I, mean, I, I I'm gonna say Davion Nixon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think because he's been so good. Um, you know, I mean, I I, I think you know the, the the surprise player is Zach Van Valkenburg. I think he's been he's been <laughs> yeah. he's been really good. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, I I give it to Davion Nixon. I mean, he's just been so dominant, quiet. I mean, he, I don't want to say quietly dominant because because I mean, look at that that run he had after the interception. Uh, you know, against Penn State. So I mean, I. He would be my pick. I mean, because he's just been so good, and he's anchored a defensive line that had a lot of questions, mm-hmm. and I think he's done really well there. You know, you guys met with him yesterday. You being the media, uh, he didn't want to answer. He didn't want to talk about his plans uh, as far as far as next year. Now, a lot of them did. Uh, what was your when when Nixon was answering the question? What was um, I mean, what's going through your? Is he is he just putting it off? Is it uh, does it feel like he was done? Did you I guess read between the lines at all when Nixon was answering that? I'm not. I'm not so sure he's done, but I, I mean, I, I think he's. I think he's one of those players that I think he's one of those. Let's wait and see what what the experts tell me. And um, you know, I mean, there may be, he may get the feedback that says you need to come out, and because there isn't much more you can do. But I mean, there may also be some people say, look, maybe you need another year of, you know, I mean, because I mean, if he gets another year, I mean, you know, you play next year, I mean, he's just gonna be so much better. But there's always that risk of injury, and mm-hmm. of course, and, and things like that. So, I mean, I think he's, it's a wait-and-see thing for him. I mean, I just wait and see what the NFL says. I mean, I think the NFL will give him high marks. I, I think he's done great things this year against very talented offensive lines. Full circle, finish up with a little hoops. You and I on the road tonight against top 20. Richmond has that Is win against TV? Kentucky. I haven't seen anything for that one. Hopefully, maybe there'll be a stream in ESPN+, yeah. Plus, something like that. But Panthers... 0-3 start out at South Dakota. They come back in a win against St. Ambrose. Tough one here without A.J. Green. You heard any yeah. more on that? Mm. No, I, I, I think that's kind of one of those wait-and-see things, too, yeah. with him. And um, But, I mean, if, if, if it's an injury like what Jordan Bohannon had, 
you know, this may be just a good opportunity for him to say, look, I'll shut it down, get it taken care of, and come back next next year and be healthy because you don't know what this year is going to look like, you know, and all that. And so, I mean, I, I think there's kind of a wait-and-see mode. But when I heard he got hurt, I was like, you know, you got to be kidding him. This, is, this kid's so good at what he does, and he's such a big part of that team. And, you know, to lose him, I think there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to have to step up for them to be successful. And, I mean, if you lose him for a whole year, that, that that's going to be tough for them. Uh, your your long-form piece on Garza, Basketball Times, coming out when? Should be out here in the next couple of weeks. I, I, I think it's a January issue, and I think it comes out, you know, uh, in the next week or so. Good so. stuff, John Bowen. Thanks for what you do for us, John. We'll talk to you uh, down the road. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. Yep, you do yeah. the same. John Bowen Camp, uh, iowacollegehoops.com is his website. Uh, but John uh, stringing now a lot, doing a lot for the AP, etc. And then you just heard Basketball Times. What I neglected to do, Trent, and shame on me, was to talk about our fine sponsor of David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Blew right past that one. If you're looking for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or interior project of any size, Centurion Stone of Iowa has a variety of styles, colors, and patterns for your every need. Natural stone veneer. Uh, they've got everything over there. Thin, thin brick stone veneer. Check them out online. Centurion Stone of Iowa. CenturionStoneofIowa.com. Or we highly recommend you visit the showroom at 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. Thank you, Justin Luch and Joe Farron. Centurion Stone of Iowa. Back to wrap up a busy Wednesday on Miller & Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO 106.3. It's the 12 days of Chris Mus. Listen to the sports fanatics every day as Chris Williams reaches into his sack and pulls out a great prize from one of your favorite full court press restaurants. Gift cards, growlers, t-shirts, glasses, food, and more from El Bait Shop, Lucky Horse Tavern, Fong's Pizza, The Royal Mile, and more of your favorite places. Enter online to win the grand prize at KXNO.com. It's the 12 days of Chris from Full Court Press and Des Moines Sports Station, KXNO. Spirits competition. It's time for the Urology Center of Iowa audio cut of the day. They go trap Bohan and force him to give it up. Frederick got the flyby and Frederick knocks it down to end the first half. Set up your vasectomy appointment with the Urology Center of Iowa at 515-400-3550 or iowauro.com. Yeah, that was a pretty big basket. That was. It really felt like it at the time, didn't And especially it? the way Carolina came out to yeah. start the second half, extra three points to play around with. Frederick, I love yep. that. Dude. Hard now, not to. the Tyler Hero comps that were out there a little bit last night, let's slow down. Mm-hmm. He's not nearly as athletic right. as Tyler Hero. Yeah. What did you think about the Garza Hansborough? I don't see that one either. Just you know what? The only hard com- worker. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Right. And the yep. fact that uh, you're going to get your nose bloodied. Yes. I mean, remember Garza early in his career? There wasn't a game that he'd walk off the floor with a fat lip, mm-hmm. nose bloodied. Um, boy, that's a fun game last night for a Tuesday night. Well, we've got Cyhawk coming up this Friday. Uh, the answer to our question about is you and I on TV, mm-hmm. ESPN Plus. Great. So if you subscribe to ESPN Plus, five o'clock tip for that one. At least for the time, or at least early in the season, mm-hmm. maybe Brent Bloom is getting a number of opportunities. Yep. He's called two games now on ESPN+. Plus. I don't know who did the color the first time. Lindsey Fenley and 
Bloomy did the last. It was the it South was Dakota. Good, yeah, the South, South Dakota, Dakota State. State. Yep. It was a good listen. It was. Yeah. It was a really good listen. Really enjoyed that yep. one. Um, also, I believe ESPN Plus tonight, or is it Big Ten Network for the Iowa Iowa State women? My daughter. So we're watching the Carolina game last night. Yep. She goes, "When do the girls play?" She loves watching the Iowa women now. Yep. And I said, "They play the Cyclones tomorrow." First thing she says, wakes up this morning. It wasn't the Elf on the Shelf. She was asking what it time. It wasn't who on the shelf? Elf on the Shelf. I don't know who that oh, is. Oh, you're a lucky man. <laughs> it's a conversation for another day where we have a little more time. Elf on the Shelf. The bane of, I think, a lot of parents' existence this okay. time of the year is you got to, well, we'll just, maybe there might be a kid listening, so I'll explain it to you off air. Gotcha. It is, uh, can be a little rough for the parents, but wasn't worried about that. It was all about the Iowa State women's game tonight, so that'll be on on, on the Cotton household as uh, Ella's excited to watch that one. Well, it's a 5 o'clock tip for the Panthers, and uh, it sounds like I mean, the A.J. Green were just waiting for the shoe to drop. Boy, that's yes, disappointing yeah. news. So disappointing. Such a good player. He really is. He's fun to watch, and I, I like watching Jacobson's teams, right? I got to play for you tonight. Oh. Gave you a winner last night and who was it? That St. Mary's game. Indiana against Florida State. Only three and a half. Something stinks there. Something stinks. I'm still taking Florida State, but <sighs> Indiana's not good. Their backcourt is not good. Florida State, got a ton of 6'8 yeah, guys every single year. And usually they've got a whole bunch of guys that can really play, and they're very deep. Give so me Leonard Hamilton. We will see. All right, that's going to do it for us here today. What do we got? Murph and Andy at 2, the Fanatics at 4. Uh, Lystico and company in here tonight at 6. Morning rush back tomorrow. See ya.